Hey, this is Josh Carter. Some of you may know him, but he, for the past seven years, has been pastoring a church in Portland, Oregon called Remedy City Church. It's a church plant there in the PDX area and is an awesome church plant. Our church got the chance and the blessing to take two different mission trips to serve with you guys over the past few years. I saw Sam here and some other people that came on those trips. And they were really transformational times for us. We got to see Josh leading from the front lines. But over that time, right, our friendship has continued. One thing I've always learned about you, man, is these words describe you, bro. You're a known leader, whether it's in Portland, Las Vegas, or Africa. You're a loved leader, and you're a faithful servant of the gospel. I was thinking about you when I was working on this sermon. I'm like, this is Josh right here. And some of you may know this, but I recently stepped into a new role here in Las Vegas as the Send Network City Missionary. So when it comes to church planning efforts with the Send Network, I'm helping bring leadership and direction to those efforts here in Vegas. Nina and I are working together on a lot of that. But we had a spot open up for a full-time position for somebody who is a kingdom leader who lived out these principles to move to Las Vegas to be a full-time church planting catalyst to work with church planners, to help find new church planners, to help mobilize, maximize, break barriers, start new churches, make disciples. And friends, I couldn't get Josh off my heart. I knew he was doing great work in Portland, but I was like, I think that this position in Vegas is for him. Well, he and Amy began to pray about it. I presented it to him. And just recently, they packed up their stuff from Portland and they moved to Las Vegas, amen, come on to do this work. You guys hear me, I'm excited about Las Vegas. I look at this board and I'm like, there's some church planners in there. There's some people that are gonna start new churches, start new ministries in the north side of Las Vegas, in the Henderson side, in Inspirata, in Centennial Hills, in Summerlin, in North, East, West Vegas, Henderson, whatever that may be. I believe it's gonna happen. I wanna see it happen in my time, amen? I don't want to get to heaven and find out it happened then. I want to be like, no, I want to see it. And so, man, I'm just so grateful that you and Amy moved here for that purpose, yeah, man. that you guys have given your lives for that purpose. And I just thought it'd be great to hear from you today. Yeah. You look like you're about to share, bro. I'm, I'm excited, bro. An amazing message. Um, I will say uh, I, I got pumped about this gospel. Carriers. Carriers. Yeah. You know, I got real pumped about that because... You know, when I hear you say church planter, I look at these faces and I know what people think. They think, well, that's like less than 1% in the room. Me and cousins are like, well, I'm a teacher. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I'm an engineer. I work in the, in the entertainment business. And so I think they think, well, that's just not me, right? But I think what, what the problem is, is, is why, one of the reasons why I think God, I'm standing here on the stage today, or sitting on the stage today is, uh, the passage you just shared in a Hebrews. I wrote wow. it down. Wow. I want to share it with you real quick because I just wrote this down. I thought, man, this is a powerful moment. Share it with me, bro. But, uh, share Hebrew, it with us. Hebrews, Hebrews 3.13 says, uh, right, it says to encourage one another, right, so you don't be hardened by sin. And so when, when you hear that, you think immoral type things, right? Mm. We, we start categorizing what sin is. But I just want to challenge you to say maybe sin is less about these immoral things that we go to, lust being one of them, as you mentioned earlier, but maybe it's more about just being disobedient to, to uh, the influence that God has given us in our space of work, wow. where we work, live, play, and do life. So good. And, and I think 
part of my encouragement is to say that if you, if you think, church, when we say church planter, I came here to plant churches, to find church planters, if you think I mean just what Pastor Hyden is, you're wrong. Because so true. God didn't call, you know, first of all, God spoke more about the kingdom of God than did the church. Yeah. Right? So we're really, we're really the church. Where the church go, the kingdom expands, right? So, so when I think, when, when most people think, church planter, they think professional pastor. I'm trying to say, no, a church planter really is a disciple maker who's the church being the church with their influence in the places they work, play, and do live and do life. So a chur- chur- church planting is a result of disciple making. Yeah. Like you don't see in scripture, it doesn't say, you know, Pastor Mike, go plant a church. It says, no, Pastor Mike, you're called to, to make disciples. And if you'll make a disciple that then makes disciples, churches are results of making disciples. Are you with me? So good. So, so when I talk about harden our, when, when Hebrews talks about harden our hearts, I think the church is really hardened, is really hardened on making disciples. Mm, so we geez. don't see churches planted because we got people, I thought about this earlier, walk church is not called sit church, right? I love it. Like you come and sit and you come to church on Sunday. No, you are the church yeah. and you're supposed to come here to get charged up to encourage one another, to go out and make disciples. And some of you are going to make so many disciples, you're going to find yourself planting a church. That's amazing. That's so good, bro. Are you with me? Yeah, it's so good. And so, so that's what I'm wow. trying to, to change the framework, you know, for that. why I moved here is to say, I think God's got plenty of church planters in the room. I mean, sitting right here. You wow. just never would see yourself that way because you're not thinking about the real call in your life, and that is to make disciples in your workspace. And, and most, of us, listen, most of us, it's not an equipping issue. You hear me? We got more Bible studies. We got more church services. Yeah. We got more tools than we've ever had in the history of, of mankind. It's not really an equipping issue. Now, we can all learn more. It's not an equipping issue. Like, hear me. It's a heart issue. It's a hardening of your heart to die to yourself every day to be a gospel carrier, to open your mouth, yeah. to use your life yeah. to win someone to Christ, to disciple them in the ways of Christ, and to do it again, and to do it again, and do it again in your workspace. And if you lose your job, listen to me, if you lose your job, you're just getting a reassignment by God to another place in the city. That's right. That's because so you're good. a gospel carrier. That's, that's, that's your purpose. So, yeah. so for me, that's, that's one reason why I came. That's why Amy and I left. We left something we loved in Portland. Um, we actually had two members from Remedy here this morning yeah. who were baptized at Remedy. Come on. And, we honor uh, you guys Glenn today. and Andrea. Good to see you, Glenn. And uh, we left something we loved, but we got a reassignment to Vegas because I believe God is doing something very unique in Vegas um, and really is a, is a hub for the West Coast. And so when I see this, I just get pumped, bro. I'm sorry. I could, that just amazes me. So, so good. Um, I just want to see Walk Church not be what Pastor J.D. Gurr says. I want to see Walk Church not be a church where you go to, but I really want to see you be known by not your seating capacity, but your sending capacity. Yeah, I love that you know, right there. That you can plant capacity. more churches through the city, yeah. through everyday people, yeah. when they realize they can be a church planter yeah. if they'll be a disciple maker. That's so, so good, man. And I really believe when, when you hear disciple maker, you know, for a long time, I, I feel like even that phrase yeah. can be a little overwhelming. And I believe making disciples starts with everyday conversations. It starts with saying, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be loving, kind, hospitable, not rude, not arrogant, not irritable, 
Now, sometimes you have bad days and you can be known, amen? You don't have to fake it. There's grace. But I think having just honest, real conversations with real people about your faith and about Jesus, about heaven, about hell, about life, about parenting, about all the things the Bible talks about, about church, you start there. And I believe God begins to work and then all of a sudden you're now making disciples. And that's my story. As a college freshman, never been to church in my life, basketball idolater, somebody sat down with me one day and started to share his life with me. I said, man, I need Jesus over time. Pastor Josh, I'd love for you to just take us into some of your guys' story. You and, and Amy together, you guys are a dynamic couple, have four beautiful kids. Um, to, to make a move like this, not flippant, not, not feeble, very God-dependent, I think maybe just you sharing about what led to that moment and how you guys got there and then maybe even a little bit of, of what God's done miraculously wise since. Yeah. Maybe would encourage people in the house today or watching online to trust God and whatever God's calling them. Because you know we're planting two churches out of our church. Image Church in the Mountain's Edge area, Favor City Church in the Green Valley and even in the downtown area right now. And maybe God would say, hey, I want you to use some of your gifts. I'm not asking anybody to go, by the way. I'm just saying I want us all to be open to whatever God's calling us to do. Amen? So maybe talk about your story, Josh. Yeah, well, first of all, it wasn't a bad season. Yeah. You know, now, do we go through ups and downs? Absolutely, like you all do, right? But we were in a good season. Um, and, but I was asking the Lord, you know, God, really, honestly, you know, give me people in my life that you want me to invest and disciple and kind of give me a vision for the future, and I just honestly was having a struggling with it, and um, for the first time in a long, long time, and then you called me, um, and I just, I was open to it. Yeah. I wouldn't say I didn't make a decision. I wasn't running from it. I was just open to it. I'll pray about it. So I immediately, because we believe so heavily, and I want to encourage you, we believe so heavily that as, as Christians, we're not individuals. Americans are individuals, but Christians are not individuals. So America teaches individualism. It's our culture. But the Bible was written to a body, to a people. The New Testament was written to a people, not an individual. So we think we read the Bible like Americans, but we need to start reading the Bible like Christians. So, so for when we decided to make our decision, when you called me the next day, I went to our staff. You would never do this in the world, worldly culture. But I went to our staff and I said, I got a phone call yesterday. My heart kind of moved a little bit. It, it, was, it, it moved. I kind of wanted it. But I want you to pray with me, and together we're going to make this decision because I believe I hear through the body. You with me? So Great. because God gave me people to make these decisions with as Christians. So I'm, I'm hearing God's word. I'm, I'm seeking counsel in the body, praying together. Um, and that happened, you know, for about two, two and a half months. This wasn't a quick thing where we were just praying, talking about it. I was in the word every day, praying and more praying, seeking counsel within Christians, uh, within our church. Um, and then around February or so, we came down, spoke at the Deepen Conference. The Lord, long story short, did some confirmation in our life in that. Um, we went back. And what's so funny is when you're doing it with the body, with a group of people um, that are actually praying and seeking the Lord, they have the same Holy Spirit you have. So they don't, he doesn't tell them something different. And I told our staff, I said, listen, it takes one of you all to tell me this is not God and I'll shut it down tomorrow. So you're like, you mean you, the future of your career, you put in the hands of, yeah, because I'm not an individual, I'm a body. Wow. So good. So I asked our staff, I said, what do you, what do you hear before I tell you what I hear? And every single one of them said, 
We, we hate this, honestly. We do not want to see you go. But we believe this is what's best for Amazing. your family. We believe this is what's best for the kingdom of God. We see this in your life. And I said, God told me to go. And uh, so we came in, 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 in agreement together, made the decision um, as a church, one of the hardest decisions ever for us. We loved Portland. Our, our kids only know Portland. Yeah. And, uh, and moved here um, just on faith. What's so funny is we were planting a Korean church ourselves, and we were wanting to plant another church. We're, not, we're just like you. You know, we want to plant churches. What's funny is, is um, I always dreamed of sending other people out, but our church actually sent us out. Yeah. Wow. You know, and today they're installing the new pastor, which was Pastor Chris, who was on our staff. He's the new lead pastor at Remedy today. That's so, so awesome, man. Wow. Yeah, so That's just an wild. amazing story of God's faithfulness. That's interesting. So. Yeah. God is doing so much. So much. All at one moment. Yeah. That is so good. Hey, just a, we're, we're, we're coming close on time here. I preached a little long. Sorry about that. It's, dude, it's your, your church. <laughs> <laughs> it's our church. Amen. It's our church. Um, That's true. Hey, uh, Pastor Josh, would you, uh, would you just give us a closing thought? You know, as you're listening to this message, you and Amy just literally are getting settled in. And you're being obedient. You're following, you're following Christ. Tychicus was yeah. on mission. Paul was on mission. He wound up in prison. Yeah. He's writing a letter to the Ephesians. We've been studying this letter. How does this work for us here today, 2,000 years later? Maybe just a closing thought as a missionary yourself. Yeah. That's um, on your heart. And I'll speak it to the next generation. Can I do that? Yep. Um, how many of you have kids, grandkids? How many have influence at all in a kid's life? A nephew, an aunt, look at that. Pretty much everybody in the room, right? Great. Uh, one of the biggest arguments right now in the church culture of America is that we're losing the next generation. Let me tell you why we're losing the next generation. It's not because we don't have youth ministries. It's not because we don't have church services to go to. Can I tell you why we're losing the next generation? Because of what they read in the Bible or what they hear when they go to church in the Bible, the people that came before them, their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents, their lifestyle doesn't, doesn't connect with what they're reading in the Bible. And what I mean by that is not the immoral sin stuff. What I mean by that is the New Testament church stuff. Wow. Jeez, that's they're, good. They actually are bored because they're seeking purpose in anything other than God because they're watching their families and their parents and their grandparents seek purposes in their workspaces in anything other than God himself. That is wild. Instead of seeking the, listen, instead of seeking your purpose and what you do, if you, if you before your kids and your grandkids and your nephews and your nieces start seeking the presence of God and being obedient to the presence of God in your life no matter what, that you would leave your jobs, that you would leave your homes, that you would leave and you would do anything that you would, that the King Jesus would ever tell you to do. Your kids are watching that. And mm. if you'll actually be obedient mm. to the King of the kingdom wow. who you say you follow, your, listen, what your kids read in the Bible will match by the picture that you're painting in their life. And we won't be losing the generation. We'll be equipping the generation with an authentic church to this be the so church good. in the workspaces that you, where we work, play, and live a new life. And that's my challenge to you. It's, listen, it's not what you say. It's what you do. Wow. Amen? It's, it's not walk. what you say. It's what you do. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, that's they're so watching. You say you have a king, then follow him. Dang. And following. And I think Mike, that'll speak. Just go ahead and drop it, Josh. Just drop the mic so, right there. Go. Wow. If you say you have a king, then follow him. 
Really good. Would you pray for us, man? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for these people. Yeah. God, I rem- I, I've said this many times on this stage, in the school, here today. Uh, Lord, I, I saw this church birthed on the knees of Pastor Hyden praying in an office before this church was ever started. And Lord, I know that you do a lot through prayer. Lord, I, we know that, that the work is prayer. And then you, then you do the greatest works through our dependency in prayer. And so, Lord, this prayer is not just a prayer to pray in the end of a service, but this prayer is an anointing prayer, God, to soften the heart of every single man and woman in this room. Lord, not to be satisfied with going to church and just getting fed every week, but, Lord, that they would get fed so they go out and be the church so the next generation wouldn't just say, well, my father or my grandfather or my grandmother or my mother or my aunt or uncle, they love Jesus because they went to church. No, these people, the next generation would know them as Christ followers because of them being the church and what they're willing to give up and to die every day to themselves so that more people can come to know you, King Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. And the kids wouldn't be bored by just going to church, God. Yes. They would be in awe Come on. of your movement across the city, Lord, that they can never turn from you, King Jesus, because of what they experience, not what they just hear. And so, Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for an anointing on these people. And, Lord, I pray that you would do far more through Walk Church, through these people, the people of Walk Church. You would do far more through them than they could ever hope, imagine, or dream. And, Lord, 10 years from now, we look back, and these voices that we hear of these little kids... God would take this city Come and you, Lord, a, a revival, a movement of the gospel Jesus. would happen in this city, specifically through these people that are in this room this morning, Thank God. You, I believe you can do that. Lord, you can change the world. You did it, God. You did it through Jesus and his disciples. And now we're your, we're your disciples. We're your followers. And Lord, I believe you can do it today as you did then. And so I pray that over this church. Thank you for this amazing church and this amazing city that we get to be a part of the city of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Can we thank Pastor Josh?